Hello, hello, podcast family. Before we jump into today's podcast, I need to remind you guys of our two headline sponsors. The first one being Elite Sweets. Elite Sweets is redefining the way we think about sweets with their Elite Donuts. Um, for you guys who've been listening to the podcast, you guys have been heard about Elite Donuts now for some time. What I'm excited to announce now and moving forward is the Elite Donuts team has changed the Elite Donut for the better. And, and this is really, really exciting, guys. If you're listening and you tried the donuts in the past, the donuts were phenomenal. But the one thing that we always struggled with was that they were not shelf stable. So you had to you know, keep them refrigerated or keep them frozen. And that's just tough, right? It, it makes it a little more difficult to enjoy Elite Donuts, especially when you're on the go. Elite Sweets has, has launched their new shelf stable donut. Honestly, I think they're 10 times more delicious. They still have 13 grams of protein. They're gluten-free, keto-friendly, and only contain one gram of sugar. You're going to be able to find them in retail soon. Um, but for now, if you want to try them out, get your new Elite Donuts that are shelf-stable, as well as they launched a new flavor. It's maple. It's phenomenal. I'm not just saying that. You guys know me. Uh, I will tell the truth on here. It is my favorite flavor, and it's the new flavor. So get yours today. You can get them at EliteDonut.com or on Amazon. Either way, use code ShaneWhite30 for 30% off. We're also brought to you guys today by Routine. Routine has a proprietary product called Morning Routine, which again, if you guys have been listening to the podcast, you know this has become a staple in my life. It's something I take every morning. What it is is a single-serve packet that contains half an organic lemon, one tablespoon of apple cider vinegar, Himalayan sea salt, all six essential electrolytes, and most importantly, no sugar. You can take one of these single-serve packets with you on the go. You just tear one open, mix it with some water, shake it up, and you're good to go. Routine, trusted ingredients, made convenient. You can get your morning routine at yourroutine.com and use code ShaneWhite30 at checkout for 30% off your first order. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Shane White Show. I'm pumped today to have Dean Packingham on the podcast of Mike and Jen's Hot Cocoa. Dean, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Shane. I appreciate the invite. I appreciate you taking the time and coming on. I know you're a busy man. Um, for everyone <laughs> listening, and I, I know I just walked you through before I hit record on, on kind of how I bumped into you and your brand and your story, but would you mind for everyone listening who doesn't know your brand uh, and you, just to give a, a slight background on on you and, and what the brand is. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm kind of an accidental entrepreneur, but I say that, but it's always been in me, I guess, to, uh, to do this kind of stuff. So, you know, I'm, I'm just working along in my career job. I was a meteorologist for the national weather service. I eventually oh, cool. ended that after almost 27 years. Um, but, you know, started, you know, very simply, my daughter was nine at the time. So it's about 10 years ago. And uh, she would come in every single day. In northern Minnesota, it it's snow all all winter uh, long. Once it once it gets here, it's it's there for the whole winter. My daughter would come in every day, and she would ask for hot cocoa, and she would just throw all of her wet clothes around. And uh, we was going through so much hot cocoa that I started to get the big, huge cans. At, oh yeah, uh, I remember those at the time at uh, 
one of the um, warehouse clubs. And uh, I was reading the back of the ingredients as I was making, uh, heating up the milk for her. And I was like, what in the heck is in this stuff? Uh, I, I looked on the back. It said uh, partially hydrogenated soybean oil. I'm like, how do you get oil in a, in a powder form? You know, so I was like, okay, this is gross. This, yeah. this <laughs> way too, yeah, way too disgusting. And uh, I, I said, Jen, I said, we should make our own hot cocoa. And she's like, yeah. And then, and then I, I said, we should make the best in the world. And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay. Then I found out I was OCD. So I was going to spend the rest of my, uh, the next year of my life trying to perfect hot cocoa for my nine-year-old. Oh, that's funny. So it just came <laughs> out, it just purely came out of just, you know, you're like, there's garbage in this. Let's totally, make something way yeah. better. And it was probably fun for you and your daughter. I'm sure there was like a bonding experience. It, it was, yeah. It was post-divorce. So I'm like looking for a project to like totally consume my mind. And, sure. Uh, uh, you know, the, it was it was so much fun with the kids. Uh, we tried over 100. To date, we've tried over 100 cocoa powders. And, oh, wow. Uh, so I was trying, kind of trying to solve two problems. You know, first of all, I was trying to make, you know, a better mix for the kids. And then I was trying to make a mix that, all you needed to do was add water. And I mm-hmm. never liked any of those water-based mixes. And so I set out to kind of solve that problem. And kind of the, the key to that was a really high-quality whole milk powder. And, uh, you know, a lot of them use that non-fat uh, dried milk uh, powder. Uh, but the whole milk powder, just a lot more rich and creamy. And uh, to date, when we go to shows and, you know, uh, just before COVID, we did about 18,000 live samples. Oh, wow. And, the Minneapolis area, and uh, people would argue with you that there was no way you just added water to it, and that's my that was my goal. So, oh wow, so people just were like, "There's no, there's got to be something else in this." Yeah, they'll totally argue with you. They'll say, "No, no, you, you had to have added milk to this because I've never had one that was rich and creamy with water. It always tasted watery." Oh yeah, I bet. So wow, that's cool. I mean, <laughs> now I'm I'm dying to try it. I'm like having my coffee over here. I'm like a hot cocoa sounds way better. Um, so take us back to the beginning there. You you hit on, obviously, you were trying different recipes with your daughter early on, and you kind of got OCD and just went down a deep rabbit hole of figuring out the best. You were a meteorologist. So was this just kind of like happening in your spare time? Like, what was the first couple of weeks of this? And like, did you just Google how to make hot cocoa? Like, what was step one of even kicking this process off? Yeah, step one was uh, finding every recipe I could find on the internet, printing them all out, and then just tweaking the heck out of it for <laughs> for the next year eventually you try hot cocoa so many times and you're like okay it all is starting to taste the same so then i brought in you know my co-workers and family who were taste testing for me and then i would have to quit for a while and then come back to it so that i could be you know if, if you taste a hundred you know different hot chocolates in you know a week it's it's like they all kind of blend together sure i always came back to one particular cocoa powder you know, all my friends and family were trying it, and I was giving it to all these friends and family, and they were they were telling me, you know, I, I was on to something and I was hitting something, but of course they're friends and family and they're getting free hot chocolate, so I'm like, okay, <laughs> like keep it going, me this, you know. Yeah. Um, so it really wasn't until you know later when I started to get validation at shows and stuff that I was okay to accept that people really liked it. Um, but yeah, at first it was just friends and family and. Um, Kind of by happenstance, we got into one store in, in my hometown here in Duluth, Minnesota. And uh, I didn't even know I was speaking to the owner. I was telling her my crazy hot cocoa story. 
And uh, she asked if she could try it. And so I brought some down. And then she helped me through the whole packaging process, who to communicate with at the state um, in terms of licensing and such. Oh, wow. And, uh, then I started. It was in a, um, the only place I could find was a church basement uh, kitchen. And it was only on Monday evenings. So as a shift worker, I work in evenings, midnights, and day shifts all the time. This Monday evening from like 7 to 9 you know, it was getting harder and harder as, as time went on. And then I just progressed to, um, other, other venues and such. So, yeah, I mean, like going even from going from even testing, you know, all these samples and like taking breaks between tests <laughs> to then all of a sudden getting doors. That's even like, a, I mean, that sounds simple, but that's a big jump. Like, was there a point as you're testing these samples out? Did you finally get to a place where you're like, okay, I love I love the way this tastes. Like, let's try to sell it. Or because even going from trying to create the best hot cocoa for your daughter to yeah. let's sell this hot cocoa, I feel like it's a big jump that a lot of people it never was take. A huge, yeah. It was, so, what was like the impetus for that? Like, do you remember like what it was? Did someone tell you like, "Hey, you could sell this. This is amazing"? Or like, what was it? Yeah, it was. It was, of course, at that time. Again, it's all friends and family telling you that. So you're you're not really sure. Uh, but then when I found out she was the owner of the store, it was a high-end gourmet store, and they have just thousands of products, um, you know, which caters a lot to the Minneapolis uh, tourism crowd when they mm. come north to Lake Superior. And uh, she absolutely fell in love with it. And she said, it's the best I've ever found on the market of all the hot cocos. And uh, so... You know, then I, I believed her um, as a, a person who is in that industry. So in, at this point, are you the kind of person where like you were solely focused on making the best product or were you were you also doing like any market research? Like, is that something you even did at the beginning? Were you like trying to look at like, oh, OK, are there are there is there another hot cocoa brand that's already trying to do what I'm doing? Or did you just kind of create your own and then start selling it? I kind of I created my own um, from my own experience. I knew that there wasn't anything out there that was a fit for what I loved in a hot cocoa. And you know, I just tell people, um, you know, I I don't have you know a, a degree in uh, food science or anything, but I know good food. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I know my goodies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I kind of knew what I wanted and. Uh, yeah, it, it was. Uh, it, we didn't really do any market research other than the fact that I I knew there wasn't anything out there that I want that I liked, and I thought maybe there was others that that felt the same way. Interesting. So when you, even when you got the green light to sell your products in this first gourmet store, how legitimate was? your packaging and your nutritional label. Like I, I know some people that I've talked to and I didn't really give you my background in whole, but in general, the brands that I've talked to at that stage, I, I mean, there's just so many people I know that have gotten to that point and they're like, well, I think I have something, but like, where the hell do I start when it comes to like, how do you create a nutrition label, for example, or where do yeah. you get packaging from? So mm -hmm. even those steps early, early on for you, what were some of the, th it sounded like you kind of had some um, guidance from this buyer or this owner of the store. But is that kind of where you kind of learned how to do those things? Yeah. So I, you know, I became a master of Google and I, I knew I had to create a nutrition label. I found, I found the resources that I could online and I just kept 
kept working at it until I found the nutrition label. Um, UPC, that was a tough one. And it was like all of a sudden I had to have a, a UPC code. I knew nothing about that. And so I just researched that. Um, you know, I didn't really have any resource of who I could talk to to walk me through that, which which I I would have loved to have had. Um, and, and I've been able to kind of pay it forward and help others mm. through that really initial hurdle, which cool. is what I love to do. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of trial and error. Because I was doing, like, you know, dozens of packages at the time, I was... Um, I created a really complex system for my packaging. I wanted it, you know, very um, you know, unique. And uh, so I think I had a seven-step process to creating a bag, which was stamps and stickers and, you know, sealing process, which is fine if you're doing dozens of bags. Uh, but if you're doing all of a sudden hundreds to thousands to tens of thousands of bags, that's not really it's not it's gonna the best take, you're gonna be just doing that all day and night right so yeah each step along the way I, I i always tried to stay like two to three steps ahead that was kind of my goal was um instead of always playing catch up to to kind of research at least two but sometimes three steps so when i was preparing this in you know the church basement I was also researching uh, co-packing and mm-hmm. what it would take to get to that. And that was like three steps away at that point. Um, oh, very smart. Kitchen to uh, a coffee shop after hours and a coffee shop. That's, over that's pretty my... smart. How did you come up with that one? Well, so it wasn't really working to do the, uh, the, you know, Monday evening from seven to nine at the church. So, you know, I, I mentioned it on Facebook, I think, that, you know, we were trying to find another kitchen space, which is always really, really hard. And uh, yeah, it doesn't seem mine, like there's a good process for that. No. Even like the ones that are more like, uh, I would call them like a WeWork for, for brands at that stage. They're so expensive. The so, people that have like coined that or branded it, right? Right, right. Yeah, there's the um, the um, incubator spaces and stuff like right. that. Um, but the one that is in our area was full at the time. So that wasn't available. And, uh, my friend who owned a coffee shop, you know, it was just kind of an acquaintance at the time. He, uh, asked me if I could come down and talk to him and he just handed me a key to his, his coffee shop, you know, very Whoa. successful coffee shop in, in our town and, uh, said, I want you to come in here anytime I'm setting up space for you. No charge. I want you, I believe in this and I want you to do this. I'm like, this is the most amazing thing about food is that, um, I really, really found, I, I, I just really haven't found that anywhere else, but, uh, people in the food industry, I haven't, I haven't found anybody yet who didn't want to help. That's so true. Um, I, I know I mentioned this already, but so my background, I was at RX bar, uh, back in the day. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like, I agree though. That was my first endeavor into food was being there and then since then it's like now it's what i do i'm in that in the food and beverage space um i would agree it's so different than any other it is like group or um ecosystem i've ever been in and it's funny and i'm sure you maybe feel the same way i know as i my career's developed and i've gone further and further into food and beverage the linkedin like i don't know just like what you're pitched what you're seeing is all 
food and beverage people now. At least for yeah, me, it's like it's ninety nine percent. It and is the, just like what people are talking about and how they're helping each other is so different. Um, especially on LinkedIn now, I notice there's people that are in, you know, CPG in general, totally different categories. You see them like the founders commenting on each other's pages to help them with conversations. This is right. so cool. It's such a cool space. And so I, I totally agree. It's crazy. You have people from huge companies who are supporting, you know, little companies. And uh, yeah, so I want to always continue to you know pay that forward too. I love that. So you got, you're at the coffee shop. Um, and you obviously inevitably grew out of the coffee shop. So what was, and I guess I'll take a step back when you were even at the coffee shop and, <clears throat> and trying to figure out as you're continuing to grow at this point, how many bags do you think you're producing a month? Well, it was highly seasonal, which was kind of the, kind of wonderful um, as I was working full time as a meteorologist, it was kind of wonderful that it was super, super seasonal. Uh, so we would produce a lot of bags in the fall, um, you know, to get through the Christmas season. And then it was pretty much almost done after that. I didn't even, you know, what's funny before even talking to you, I never thought about that. Like it caught cocoa for sure is a total it's seasonal hyper thing. seasonal, except in like Mexico and Latin America. It's like, it's like the third most consumed beverage outside of alcohol. Oh, is it really? Uh, yeah, and they drink it all year round, but somehow in the U.S., it's it's just really, really closely aligned with you know Christmas. Interesting. Is it the yeah. same way in Canada? I think I think it's probably the same way up there. Okay. And I have people who will tell me they're like, "Oh, I don't drink hot hot beverages in the summertime," and I'm like, "You drink coffee by the gallon? What are you talking about?" <laughs> people you just totally hot- put coffee to the side. They're like, "No, no, that's, that's <laughs> totally different. That's part of my daily routine." Even That's, better, you throw some of the cocoa mix in our in your coffee and makes a beautiful mocha. So. I was just thinking that because I I'm using like uh, what do I have in here? Like the vital proteins chocolate, whatever oh, yeah. it's called. Uh, I just threw that in there this morning, and I was, <laughs> before I came on here, I was thinking I'm like, ooh, I wonder if the hot chocolate how that would taste in here. Well, I have to send um, some to you. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. Thanks, Dean. Um, okay, so you so you're still working full time as a meteorologist. That was gonna be my next question. So you're working full time. It's seasonal. What was the what was the domino that finally fell where you were, you kind of looked at yourself in the mirror and it'd be really cool if you remember the day where you finally were like, okay, I need to quit my job to do this full time. Can you kind of walk us through like that, just that time of your life and time of, of this business where either you must've gotten a distribution point that really took it to the next level or online sales grew, but inevitably you, you started to have the conversation with yourself first, I'm assuming of just like, so am I going to quit my job that I've been doing for 20 plus years to, right. to actually go all in on this? Yeah. The beautiful part of that was at the same time, um, my best friend, Amanda, who I worked with at the weather service, mm. she was going through her own divorce and I'm like, move in with me and the kids until you find a place, you know, oh, wow. And she, she found this box of paperwork that I had in the living room and she loves to organize and we've been best friends 20 years. We've never fought. And it's it's wonderful. Oh, actually never. I saw that on your website. And I was like, they've really never fought? <laughs> no, we've never fought. Like, oh, that's We're funny. so far apart on the, like, the Myers-Briggs scale. We're in the opposite corner, so we don't compete in each other's territory. So we just kind of let each other do our strong things. Oh, that's cool. And uh, so she's going through this divorce. She looks at this box in my living room. She says, what is, what is this box of all this paperwork? I'm like, that's my cocoa business. <laughs> And she's like, oh, my gosh, do you want me so to So at this point, your cocoa business was just papers in a box, essentially? Yeah, it, was a to- it was just one box, yeah. And I was like, 
she asked if she could organize it, of course. I'm like, yeah, of course you can organize it. <laughs> and then she started asking me the hard questions. Do you know how much it costs to make a bag of your cocoa? And I looked at her like she was an alien. I had no idea how much it was costing. Did she have business experience or some sort of background in this? Or is it just the way she thinks? She was born like uh, with this brilliant uh, business brain, but she okay. never, you know, she was a science person like me. Um, but she kind of discovered she has this this love of numbers. She's a spreadsheet junkie. I mean, she has spreadsheets of spreadsheets. She can tell you, like, like I say, if we ever went on Shark Tank, she would know every single number. Um, and uh, me and her are the same way. Of, my wife gives me the same jokes with me. I do. I literally have a spreadsheet for like, tracking, really? like, like I have a spreadsheet <laughs> that keeps track of my spreadsheets type of thing. <laughs> it's, yep, yep. It's the exact same thing. It's, then it's like it's an addiction. So you totally get it. Uh, yeah. How, how she thinks. Okay. Yeah, oh, that's so not, helpful though was, for someone who you you seem like such a creative person, and for you to have <laughs> just a box where you're like throwing ideas and like tracking stuff. What a great yin and yang combination! Oh, so perfect. So that was that was the initial step where I knew there could be magic to this partnership, and so I offered her half the company. I said, "Let's do this. Do you want it? you know?" Because she was showing. Was that even a second interest. thought? Because I mean, usually no, people giving up equity is like a whole no, thing. Not at all. Oh, really? So you were just like, "No, no, no. This is. I need to do this." Right. I'm like, and it sounds like you had such a good friend like, and partner. At the time, it was like half. of a very small little hobby, uh, you know, thing. Sure. And, uh, Did you worry at all? I think this is a really inter- – people will ask this question of me for sure after this if I don't ask. Do you were, – were you worried at all of going into business with someone who was your best friend and, you know, living with you guys? Was that like a, ever a concern? Did you have any conversations with her about that? It was. It was just like a small concern. Like, you don't – you know, you, you hear the horror stories. and, and Right. Um, but uh, – Thankfully, I just kind of went with my gut feel. I knew it was going to be good, and uh, I didn't have any any like trepidations. Okay. And so, you know, she she was basically the catalyst to, you know, th- we're onto something here, and let's see what we can do with it. That that year, we made four thousand pounds by hand. We would haul all of our ingredients to this coffee shop. Wow. Four thousand pounds. How many? How many? Roughly? How many bags is that? Just for let's see. That's well. It's uh, twelve ounces. So um, I'm the worst person from like ounces to pounds. I have to always have a calculator out. (laughs) Let's just say six thousand bags. (laughs) Okay. Okay. That's what I was was thinking. Like six to eight thousand or so. Yeah, somewhere in there. Um, Okay, that's a lot. I'll have to ask Amanda. (laughs) I was gonna say she probably has a spreadsheet track where she tracked it. (laughs) Yeah, she has a spreadsheet about that. I'm sure. That's hilarious. So. I told her, I said, well, we never really can, you know, there's two options from here. I said, we can either buy our own space, invest in equipment, things like that, or go with a co-packer. Mm-hmm. And so, so she said, start looking into co-packers. And I had already started to do that. So I started to mad message and call all the co-packers I could find on the internet. Oh, wow. Most of them, of course, you know, it's like slamming the door in your face because you're asking for like five, six thousand pounds uh, to be co-packed. Well, for people to learn, though, that that is an interesting step in this whole process of scaling a food brand or beverage brand. Right. So that was are you kind of cold calling. Like, is that how's that process look? Because I'm sure those people on the other end of that phone call, maybe to even give them a little empathy. I bet they get so many calls and emails and they're kind of having the exact same conversation with, you know. 
there probably could be a whole solution, like a better process, just to solve that right there. I would assume, right? Like connecting brands and commands that like oh, want to scale, man. right? Because I ever, I've talked to so many people that say that same thing. They're like, I mean, you're just kind of googling commands and calling and trying to negotiate. <laughs> Is that kind of what it was like? It was totally exactly what it was like most of the time. And I, I didn't, I didn't get it as much then i get it now i i know all the work there is to going into setting somebody up for for a command um because what are they looking for they're they're probably not just looking for minimums right i would assume are they also looking for like your ability to pay like is that a big concern for a lot of them because they're you know there may be you're going to do a run that you can't even pay for how do they know are they just you know they do your run and they send you the bill and they hope you pay for it like is there some due diligence they do on that side we had to prepay everything. Got it. Um, so at sense. the time, we'd have to buy all of our own ingredients. That was with with this co-packer. So we had to come with our own ingredients. And buying a pallet of, of sugar, you know, is <laughs> not exactly the easiest thing. I'm like, you're you're turning down, you know, thousands of dollars. But, but they, you know, the people, you know, we were trying to get ingredients from, they were like, okay, we do want truckloads and you want a pallet of it. And that's a pain in the butt. Yeah, so we're not going to sell you this sugar. So I'm like, so you okay. have an issue on both ends, right? No, you're to, you totally. don't have, you don't, you're not ordering enough ingredients. You're not producing enough <laughs> bags. So where do you even find, like, for even the ingredient side, is that a what kind, what what are that same kind of thing? Are you just again like calling ingredient suppliers and trying to see yeah. like, what you can do? Wow, what yeah, a hustle that was. That, the hardest, uh, that was the hardest part. Co-packing is, you, you know it that's a beast of its own. So I'm trying to find ingredients. Luckily we're now with somebody who they order all the ingredients. They do all the packing. Um, but at the time it was, it was really tough. And I'm like, wow, we are like big time. I'm ordering like a half a pallet of powdered sugar. I'm like, (laughs) they're going to be happy to see me. Yeah. Really? A half a pallet? No. Like you're bothering me. (laughs) (laughs) So what, what, how does that, how did that end up? solving itself so you're if you don't have the scale you just find a co-man that can handle it or did you just have to convince them that hey this is going to keep growing or what was that process like i could convince like crazy like i I tell people i'm not the brightest bulb you know in the box but i'm tenacious as hell and i don't i don't give up if somebody doubts me i don't give up and i I think there's there's a that's uh, a really important thing to remember is to just just keep going and i just kept going with a lot of these ingredients people and until they would sell me you know their sugar or whatever oh that's really cool no i mean that's great advice dean because i think i would imagine i mean i've already we you know we've been talking here for 30 minutes and i can already tell within the first few years there were so many different things that could have been the thing where you're like this is just too much of a pain in the ass why don't i just keep being a meteorologist why am i dealing with yeah scaling hot cocoa brand right exactly yep yeah, I you know I I had thought a few times of uh, of giving up, but then you know shift work you know to almost twenty seven years of that that was getting so much harder. You know when I was younger I could sleep whenever I wanted to, um, but as I was approaching fifty, you know working those night shifts and trying to to sleep and function you know with the kids and everything. I was say and as a, a parent, harder. Yeah. Did you? Oh, I didn't realize that. So as a meteorologist, you're you. Oh, because they all cover different shifts of the day, right? Because the weather's always changing. And yeah, is that so why? A, at the National Weather Service, yeah, it's twenty four seven. 
Got it. Oh, I just didn't make that connection. Because you know, it's funny. Like as a consumer, you just you see the either the morning news or the nightly news. Maybe I never yep. thought about it being just like someone's always got to be paying attention. And yeah, there's wild. somebody at an airport. He was you know doing the weather forecasting that a lot of the TV and and radio people use as well. Very interesting. Okay, so you okay? So you got you guys are making moves with a co-man with an ingredient supplier. What was the first big like? wow, we're, this is going to start moving some volume. Was it like, what was the first like big retail unlock for you guys? Or was it e-com or what was like kind of the big needle mover? Like your first one where you're like, you kind of planted the flag and that like, okay, we have like a big account that like we're on the map. Right. Uh, so we started with the co-packer. We, we talked this co-packer in Minnesota down to 8,000 pounds I, I emailed him. I remember doing this in the middle of the night and I'm just begging him. I'm like, please take a chance on me. I promise I will not let you down. So oh, we wow. have 8,000 pounds. We need to move that 8,000 pounds, which was double of what we did the year before. We're still in our town of Duluth, Minnesota. We have 18 stores that are carrying our product. But 8,000 pounds is a really scary number to all of a sudden be able to move. Sure. Well, then that then that then uh, then we got into one of the... Um, are you uh, familiar with any of the Mart shows, like the Atlanta um, Mart? And, uh, oh, sure. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the C-Store um, type shows? Yeah, the, uh, the big gift show. Uh, it's oh, a big gift sure. show. So yes. Atlanta's the biggest uh, gift expo where a lot of independent gift stores, gourmet food stores and such, go there and they shop showrooms. Um, so we were able to get into one of the showrooms with a broker in Minneapolis. Minneapolis, you know, in Duluth at that time, we've been to so many little shows and they were really starting to know kind of who we are. Um, they've heard of this crazy hot cocoa brand in town and uh, love it. But going to Minneapolis, that was a new beast. We didn't, they didn't really, you know, know us in, in the Minneapolis St. Paul area and it was a huge market for us. And uh, so we got into a, a grocer called uh, Lunds and Byerly's, which is about 30. Uh, higher end grocery stores in the Twin Cities, and the other, the other one was Kowalski's, which is heard of that one, like a gold standard as well. Um, they have about eleven, I believe, stores. So we we kind of you know we're, we're a little bit trepidation with uh, getting into those stores. You know how will, how will the product move? And it just went gangbusters. Um, you know we did samplings, but our biggest thing was we would do these huge. Uh, holiday uh, expo shows. One was at U.S. Bank Stadium where the Vikings play. Oh, nice! And uh, and then they, they just have in Minnesota. I don't know if it's just Minnesota, but they have these huge holiday, you know, expos uh, where the general public comes and shops at the different booths and everything. So we had three different uh, booths at at the U.S. Bank Stadium. And wow. That, that was the year we went through close to 20,000 live samples and we would, we would sell it there. And then we would tell people, if you want more, go to Lenza Byerly's or Kowalski's. And they were just, they were selling out. They were ordering, each store was ordering like two to three times a week during the busy season. And Whoa. it just kept creeping oh, wow. up on them. And uh, from then on, you know, we do some, some advertising with them, but it's, it's well oiled now. So people know that they can get the product there. We then branched out um, about a year later to High V, which is I think 260 stores, and uh, 
So same thing. We were going into some new markets. So we would we would just kind of nail some Facebook ads, you know, in those mm. new markets. Um, we didn't have to do as much in Minneapolis anymore. Uh, so we kind of were able to pull back and then kind of just nail outlets where we had a ton of stores and uh, kind of introduce it that way. That's really cool. And at this point, are you guys selling online too? Yeah. So we, we initially were selling online. Um, we actually kind of pulled back a little bit this year. Um, we, we were, we used to sell on our website and on mm-hmm. Amazon um, with a third party. Uh, we kind of pulled back on our own e-commerce this year because fulfillment centers, uh, you know, are, uh, you know, it's hard, hard to get a fulfillment center that can really, really push the products. Uh, we were, we were finding we were having issues with, um, you know, getting the product out. Um, we took over our own Amazon this September. Oh, good. And, uh, it has been mind blowing. <laughs> Um, how well that's worked out for us. So we use well, that good. as our fulfillment center. We don't, the only e-commerce we do on our website is now by the case. And so that's people who want to buy bulk or they want to buy for their stores. That's really good. Good for you guys. Were you guys working with like a, a third party um, pro- provider for Amazon before? Yes. Yep. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Now so we, for your back, for your background, that's what I do. So I, I that's I run a business no. where I help brands on Amazon oh uh, and other three P. But and at RX Bar, that's what we did. I, we helped run e commerce, so we we helped run their Fantastic. Amazon business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's really good for you guys, though. I'm happy to hear that you pulled that back because time and time again, not to you know talk bad about those those folks, but usually they just have way too many brands to be focused right, to right. help any individually, and so by bringing it back internally or having a small agency some of the times that just at least gives you guys the focus and energy that is needed to make it successful so awesome that's exciting so you had the retail piece you kind of i would say cleaned up and and started growing ecom and i know some of that's this year when you got high v at that point did you make the leap like what, what what was like the big there had to have been some big impetus jump off point you got something was there one of those retailers where it finally was the the reason to leave? Not just the the sh- I'm sure the shift work. It sounds like yeah. was one of the biggest drivers. But was there was there finally like a revenue number that landed where you're like, okay, I can I can do this? <laughs> we actually took the I, Amanda took the leap first. We bought a small gym franchise in town, Snap Fitness franchise. Oh, cool! And uh, I gained weight after buying a gym. I thought you were just supposed to get like buff when you buy a gym. And <laughs> I don't know what happened. It's like a job on the hut, you know, telling you I can help you reach your foot. Wait, so wait, hold on a minute. Can I back up? So in the middle of you guys scaling this and figuring out if you're going to leave your job, you guys bought a gym? Yeah, yeah. Well, why was that? Why? It's so random. I got, so we were both looking for a kind of an exit plan. Um, Okay. You know, we call ourselves Lucy and Ethel and, you know, I come up with these harebrained ideas and Ethel kind of walks me through at least, vets the stuff. Sure. And so I said, hey, there's a gym I know that I used to go to that just came up for sale. And she's like, look into it. I looked into it, looked into the numbers, found that if we bought it, uh, we could make a, a minimal salary to kind of just be able to just, you know, do the do the gym and then pour everything, all the fuel that we had into the cocoa business. Oh, so that was okay. kind of what enabled us to have enough of a small salary. Um, you know, I made a third of what I did at the weather service and we both went all in. We both bought mobile homes across the street from each other. Oh, wow. Um, that, you know, mine was like 40 grand. Hers was like 
30 grand. You know, we both paid off these mobile homes and, you know, paid off our, you know, little older cars. And, you know, hear the stories about people going all in. We were all in. <laughs> I was going to say, I've never heard of anyone doing those two things. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, we're, we're not always the, the brightest, but. Uh, no, I mean, but really well. I mean, that's kind of what it takes, I think, sometimes, right? I mean, if you would have just kept that's how the. That's we wanted it, yeah. Yeah. Well, good for you. So you, so you start, the, so are you guys like running the day-to-day of this gym too? Yeah. Still, still have, still have. Oh, the you gym. still do? Yeah. Oh wow. When so what year did you guys buy the gym? Uh we are at six years on the gym. Okay. Okay. Wow. And, uh I, I guess the the big the big impetus for leaving was Amanda and I were driving back from our first meeting with that co packer, the first co packer that said, All right, I'll work with you. And she says, We got two choices. You can quit and just believe in this enough and just we go all in. We, we set out this plan uh, or you keep working at the weather service and you have this hobby. And uh, I, I couldn't imagine not being able to put all my, you know, creativity and effort into this business. I'm like, let's do it. Is it and funny now? Um, Cause I, I have this conversation all the time. It's so hard to imagine go like that jump is so hard. And I oh think I can't imagine how many people don't ever do it, but now yeah. I know I'm only, I'm really only, I'm almost a year into doing my thing full time. And I, I've already had so many conversations of like, I don't know what it would take for me to go back. Right. I, I just almost can't, I would almost, I would rather be, I don't even know how to put it in words. <laughs> it's just like, because the difference of just running, driving your own day to day and building something you're passionate about is so different than working for somebody else or a big oh company. Oh my gosh. It's it, so hard to explain someone to make the jump. Not a minute. No. Isn't that funny? It is. It's like, okay, I make less money. I made it work. I bought a trailer home. And, you yeah. Know. You're and like, the, now the, the funny thing was, like... the funny thing is two meteorologists buying trailer homes in a trailer park. You that know, has to be like, a, that, I mean, every, you know, what's that saying that like everything's happened at least once somewhere else. But I don't know <laughs> if that one ever has two meteorologists, but I mean, that might be a, that might be a, that's first a recipe ever. for a tornado. If you ask me, it's like, <laughs> I don't know no how it intended. didn't happen, but. Wow. So what what was that like when you, when you like when you buy, okay, you buy the gym, you guys both <laughs> buy trailer homes. Was there a, was there any nights where you're sitting there kind of like, what the hell did I do? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At first you're like, okay, I, be, I believe in this, uh, this, uh, plan that we've set out. Um, but that was so scary, you know? I knew I knew the kids college was was taken care of and they were, they were just about to be going off to college and going out on their own. And so okay. I knew that was all taken care of by their grandparents and it was it wasn't going to be something I had to worry about. So I didn't really have a lot at stake where I, you know, I could just go all in. You know, I, I didn't have to worry about feeding my kids. And that's a big um, one. I mean, yeah, I know I'm about weird. to have my first and that's something that like uh, um, it's like in the back of my head. It feels like every minute of every day of just like, you know, every additional minute I'm putting into building what we're doing, it's like, he's yeah. going to need this, you know, right. years from now, exactly. right? It's a weird, it's a totally different driver than I totally had different. nine months ago, right? It was just more about yeah. me and my wife. Now it's like, oh, wow. This is like a kid that's going to rely on us now for everything. It's weird. <laughs> it's a weird shift. Very cool, though. I mean, that that makes me feel good that you at least had, the, you had that like foundation there. What were your kids 
I'm jumping all over. But what what were your kids thinking when you decided to make that jump? Were they supportive of this? Because yeah, I, I think they always thought I was a little a little off, you know. <laughs> but uh, no, they they were they were like, as long as you're happy, we're happy. And okay. uh, yeah, they were like all in for it. Uh, they loved, you know, I named the company after them. Um, it was kind of a legacy, you know, type of thing. You know, at the time I I named it, it was you know a hobby thing. Um, now I'm even more happy I named it after them as, as we see it continue to grow. And we're in a thousand stores now, which. Oh, wow. Okay. Mind. You're in that many now. Yeah. That's and amazing. Congratulations. Biggest, thank you. Our biggest was, you know, Hy-Vee. That was huge. Meyer is huge. It's a big one. They're like, I think 300 stores or one of those is like 300 Meyer or Hy-Vee. Um, and then we got this break. We got this huge break in, um, our local Costco. Oh, wow. And like Costco is like, you know, th- th- we had this dream board and it was like, you know, end of end of road kind of a thing, you know, where, where we had Costco on this thing. And, you know, most most companies never will, will do that. We'll get into sure. Costco. And I think yeah. if we tried, like if we went to some pitch thing or they they found this uh, unrange me. I don't know if the odds would ever be, you know, so much in, in your favor, but we were, we were found at a coffee shop and approached to go into Costco. No way. Yeah. Like a buyer found you guys at a coffee shop yeah. and reached out to you? Yes. No it's, way. It's crazy. Damn, Dean, so that's sweet. And <laughs> so we were asked, we would do a, a one-store test, and uh, so then we had to, you know, understand and learn the world of Costco and, you know, how... Uh, trays and, and everything have to be shoppable from all three sides and oh, yeah um, you know have all, all that um, understanding of that world and so we did the one store test they did an initial order of uh, six pallets and uh, you which know, I'm sure even that was a huge order was that, that like was wild <laughs> yeah and did, you, did you have a different bag for Costco did they have you we do too. like a different size yeah, yeah it was it was bizarre because we had just started producing, and I'll show you the bag because I have all of the sizes here. Oh, nice! I love the packaging too. Thank you. It's a, this is two and a half pounds. This is our Costco size, and uh, we had just started producing that size. We just have the three sizes: singles, the gifts, gift size, and then the, the Costco size. Uh, but we had just started producing that for food service because mm. we had just all of a sudden started to get some interest for food service. And so we made a bunch of those and then we pulled, then we got a little bit nervous that maybe we made too many of those as food service was, wasn't taking off as fast as it initially looked like it was ramping up. And then we got this, this break from Costco. We had just produced all these bags that, that were perfect for them and uh, did the six pallets. And we just, you know, were hoping that that would go well. And they initially you know, blew through the six pallets in one in one store, and then they said, "How many more can we wow. get?" And so they went through eleven pallets that last winter. Wow, in that one store. that's exciting! So, so last winter was your first Costco rotation. Yes, it obviously went well. Um, so does yeah. that is that going to expand now? Yeah. So so this winter that we're currently in, uh, we're in 13 Costco. Damn. And uh, so they've been, you know, you, you hear so much about, you know, big companies and, and, you know, being tough to work with. But Costco's like cultivated this whole 
relationship with with us, a small business. They've they've just kind of ushered us through the whole process, and um, and that's very rare know. for people listening. I mean, I just know it from the RX Bar side. Like that was one of our last big. I mean, that was pretty much the last big unlock um, from like a volume <laughs> perspective. Like very end of the road, I would say, or pretty close. That's crazy how early that was for you guys. <laughs> Which is. If you, if you guys do that right, I mean, that can open up endless doors. I mean, I think if once you're in a Costco rotation and you have great visibility and it's a great product and it does well, I mean, I'm sure you already do. I'm sure you have retailers every which way knocking on your door now. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, you know, we, we just started to get some, you know, because it was just that the one Costco, mm-hmm. um, we didn't, you know, get too much. Still my, still my goal is Wegmans. I, haven't I saw that on your LinkedIn. Wegmans, I was going to ask but, you, that's really cool that you um, kind of call out the next one you want. Wegmans, if you're listening to the Shane White show. <laughs> I love it. Hey, you know, what's funny. We have had, uh, I've had a few of those happen out here. Funny enough I love you say it. that. So I we'll see. It. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll hear this. And so, yeah, the Costco was crazy. Um, then, then they did a commitment for a hundred and something pallets for this, for this season. And wow. we're, Almost three quarters of the way through that, which is that's crazy. Away. And what's your official season? It's got is it like after Thanksgiving or so through the spring? Yeah, we start we start um, shipping to Costco in September. Oh, but okay. They, do, they don't they don't put it into placement until first part of October. And, oh, okay. Uh, oh, that's earlier it's, than I it's thought. Just seasonal, which is really great because you know they kind of tell us in February what to expect, and then we have all that time to produce it. By September. Oh, so it truly is though. Like you're even in, re- in retailers, you, like in High V and Meyer, do you have full year distribution, or is it only seasonal? We're full year in Meyer, uh, High V. Okay. Lots of Ireland's Kowalski's, um, but Costco just seasonally, which, which is, makes sense, probably right. Which works for us because the numbers, yeah. e- even at High V and, and Meyer and all those other ones, the numbers just trail off so fast. So oh, I bet. Well, you know, well, even if I we... bet I bet Dean, you get the I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this. There's probably an official name for it, but I always call the Costco effect like um oh what's the thing I'm thinking of? My family, it's new. It's only been there the last two years, but there's like certain items that we always look for during the holidays. Like uh, Breckenridge has a like a half pint of beer that is at Costco. No it's like kidding. it's only during the holidays, at least in Chicago, Chicago yeah, but... and like Indiana. But it's. I don't know how many doors they're in, but I'm sure it's kind of like that. Like people probably gravitate towards that. And then they're so pumped to find it again in store. They stock up or they buy multiple yep. Your stuff. I'm sure is great for gifts. So that's a really cool concept. Whereas products that are on shelf at Costco all year round, the one gripe I've always had is I'll just use our X bar, for example, right? It's like, mm-hmm. you're always trying to figure out how do you keep velocity strong? And it's a hard game there. Cause it's like, you know, eventually all you can do is compete on price Right, um, right, but for you guys, it's it's about like hurry up and get it because we're only here for a little bit, which is a right, really cool exactly. concept. Because I don't think a lot of brands have that with Costco. We love that. We absolutely love it. It's uh, it's, it's almost so a better perfect. strategy than I think that all all the time. I mean, I'm just speaking out loud here, but uh, I agree. It's very I, interesting. Yeah, in fact, some of these other like the gro- some of the other grocers that if we would consider going into, we would really try to now talk them into a seasonal buy. Yeah, for sure. Um, oh, very cool. You know, you can count on it coming back at, in the in the fall, and you know, only being available in the winter. And we have people, you know, who now tell us, "Oh my gosh, you know, it, I'm stocking up because I need to be able to get through, you know, summer and 
we've gotten people to kind of make frozen cocos. We call it froco. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. So uh, it's just our, our cocoa mix, water and ice in the blender. And it makes like a chocolate shake. It's oh, really, geez. Really that sounds delicious. <laughs> and then uh, we've done kind of some um, ads and stuff around camping, um, you know, bringing it with you on camping and stuff. I can imagine it does really well with even, um, well, I'd be curious to know if you're selling it there. I mean, I'm sure it does well with like ski resorts. Isn't that, is that no, like no ski resorts yet? No. I've, I've oh, tried. wow. It's so hard. Um, like I could see that being such a great alternative to alcohol at like, like Breckenridge. I already said that from the beer, but like you're yeah. on the slopes and you get down and you know, especially the kids, the kids probably want, you know, in those places charge wild right. amounts of money so even, like i say that because a product like yours would do so well i'm sure yeah um, i think what it is with like um the big ski resorts like vale and maybe probably breckenridge and stuff is they go through a those huge you know national um wow. suppliers yeah. yeah yeah um and so we, we haven't really gotten any contacts and for there yet the coolest thing i will say about this costco is we were approached to uh, have an article, you know, a little snippet written about us for the regional Costco um, and their support of regional um, suppliers. And so we knew we were going to be in Costco Connection, which reaches 35 million people. Okay. Um, and so we were like, great, you know, we, we set up the interview. I, you know, interviewed uh, with the, the writer and so we knew we were going to be coming in the December Costco um, Insider, Costco Connection. And uh, lo and behold, the issue comes out and we're on the front of the cover. Oh, <laughs> like, wow. Like, what the heck just happened? You know, so these random things, you just kind of got to go with them, you know. Like, yeah. Sometimes the more you plan something and the more you try to force something to happen, like if we had tried to force this whole thing, I mean, a full page ad in Costco Connection is like one hundred eighty thousand dollars. I was going to say that's uh, not cheap placement. No, I mean the cover is priceless. You can't buy the cover. And I'm like, I open it. I open the digital version. I'm like, there's a cup of hot cocoa on the front and it mentions Mike and Jen's as a regional. That is incredible. Do they ever tell you why they put you there? They didn't. No. Um, I, I, you know, I sent a message back to the the person who wrote the story, and I said, "Thank you. I I can't even believe this. I know I, I know this is you know this is going to be life changing." And uh, it, they just said, "You're so welcome." And it, it was you know great uh, you know interviewing and stuff. Wow, good for you guys. I mean, it's true. Some of those small dominoes that you don't plan for start to fall, and you just keep riding the wave and you see what comes next. Hopefully yeah, it's, it's crazy. So I don't, <laughs> I don't know what that's going to open. I know um, so far, I know that the CEO of one of the big, like five um, tech companies in the U S has it from Costco. Oh, wow. And then uh, the CEO of Costco itself, every time when he's in the area, he picks it up and brings it. No up. way. So that's, that's kind of fun. Oh, that's really cool. I mean, it's cool because you guys have a product that I think anyone can resonate with. Um, and it's such a cool product that I think in the winter, right? There's just, it's a brand that you can connect with. It's a brand that uh, obviously meeting you today is kind of cemented just like behind the scenes uh, of why you created it and everything is so much. And it's just a really cool story. Thank so I'm, I'm happy for you guys, Dean. That's awesome. Um, Thank you. It's, it's a lot of fun. 
Yeah, no, it sounds like it sounds like there's been a lot of uh, a lot of I wouldn't say stru- struggle. It sounds like there's definitely been some struggle, but it's definitely oh, yeah. been something you're passionate about. And at the end of the day, that's one takeaway I've had from talking to so many people on this podcast is if you don't have the passion for it, all those hard times are not going to be worth it. So you got to love what you're doing and why the why is so important before Man, all the other stuff. And all the yeah, that's yeah. super important. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, awesome. Well, we're, we're getting a little low on time. So Dean, I have a couple questions. I love to ask every founder because yeah, I, and I'm better. sure you're going to have some, you're going to have some sweet answers here. Um, the first one is I'll, I'll call it a source of knowledge. So for everyone listening today, if you have a, a book, an article, a podcast, anything you've listened to read recently that stood out to you and was kind of memorable, um, could you share that with the audience? Just something that yeah. recently jumps out. One of my favorite books is uh, Ramping the Brand by, um, I'm going to forget his first name, but Richardson um, is his last name. Okay. Ramping that's, that's the Brand. It's one of the Bibles for CPG. It's just, just a fantastic book. Okay. I love it. I, I feel like I need, to, I need it in 2023. I want to get a good list of uh, like CPG-focused um, books. That's something I, I realize I don't have enough of in my, in my repertoire. Same here. Read. Yeah. I just started to really have time to kind of dive into some of those books like like I, I've, I've learned all this just kind of by you know just you know being online and yeah um, other linkedin people it's not food and beverage but i know for me uh one of the most memorable books i read this year was have you heard of shoe dog the guy that started nike so it's about phil knight oh no i would love to oh, highly recommend it's you know nike's one of those brands as a kid growing up loved nike didn't know anything about it. And I think, right. and this is just probably um, ignorance, but just assumed it's like been this, you know, meteoric brand forever. And then it's just no different with even something like Nike. You, you, when you read through the story, you realize like there were a hundred moments when they could have folded that up. And honestly, like where they probably should have, and they just, wow. they were blind faith kept going or did something not illegal, yeah. but just like, you're like, Ooh, you know, as someone who's on the, you know, maybe on the other side, now you look back and they wouldn't have done it. Yeah. yeah. That book is incredible. Definitely read that Gosh, one. And definitely. it shows like how that, that company shouldn't have made it. And now it's like one of the most iconic brands out there. Um, very cool. So thank you for that. The the next one, this one I'm excited to, just hearing this beginning story. But what do you use, Dean, um, as a tool to not only plan, you know, life goals, yearly goals, but all the way down to getting shit done on a daily basis? Are you a pen and paper kind of guy? Do you have an app you use? Calendars? Like what what are your tools that you keep around you to get stuff done and achieve your goals? Sure. Well, it's you know I'm in my fifties, so I'm. <laughs> A little bit old school, uh, but trying not to, you know, try to always, you know, stay up with stuff. But um, my Google Calendar is, is filled with stuff every day. I use AnyList, um, you know, okay. as uh, as a as a list, and then once it's done, I moved it to another list in AnyList, and just so I can kind of keep keep track of that. Uh, but no, I I really should look into more um, productivity type apps and stuff. There you go. Very good. Very cool. Uh, any list is I've actually, I think he used it a while ago. I'd have to go back and look at it again. There's so many now. It's hard to remember. <laughs> There's which is so which. many. Um, the last one. And I think always the most important one uh, for everyone listening today. If you want to plug, you know, your social media, the brand, social media or website, anything here. So people who've listened and I'm sure are going to want to try the hot cocoa can find it. You bet. All right. So Mike and Jens.com and uh, we have links on there to, uh, our Amazon store 
And otherwise, you'll find us generally in the upper Midwest, Great Lakes region at uh, grocery and uh, other retail. Awesome. Well, Dean, thank you so much. I think everyone listening to this is going to be fired up and hopefully goes and tries it, whether it's online or in stores <laughs> or uh, hopefully a Costco or in a few months, Wegmans, right? We'll hopefully get, right. get, you, in, get you in there. Yes. That's the goal. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you, Dean. Can't thank you thank enough. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I had a I blast. appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks again.